The Ebony's and the Ivory podcast is a bi-weekly dialogue with Dr. Dejalon Jackson-Bell and Dr. Lakeitha Poole. Through the EITI podcast, we plan to promote our mission of dispelling myths, rewriting narratives, and championing women of color in higher education. All views expressed through this podcast are our own, do not represent any entity with which we are affiliated, and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information or to set up a consultation, visit our website at www.ebonysintheivory.com. You are now tuned in to Ebony's in the Ivory. This topic, I think we've probably in past episodes and even in some of the blog posts have alluded to um, the topic of relationships and sort of balancing relationships and either returning back to school or um, just being like maybe a high profile career woman and um, just navigating the challenges that come with trying to have Um, a romantic relationship and you know being a boss and so um our hope today is to maybe just spend some time specifically talking about just that i think we've brought it up as kind of like one of the things that might be on our plate when thinking about going back to school um or you know figuring out sort of your next career move but we wanted to spend some specific time on it obviously we've been through these experiences and so um we want to be able to share that and maybe help someone else. So that's going to be our topic today. It's episode 10. We're moving into the double digits, which is very exciting. We made it. Um, and we really, I mean, honestly, we're like getting close to our season finale. So we have today's episode. We'll have one more. And then we have our big season finale. So we appreciate you guys for rocking and rolling with us. Um, and hopefully... This topic and the ones we have coming up will um, 
hold you over until the new year when we get there. So um, I'm excited for us to be in the double digits and keep this thing going. Um, So I want to just kind of to remind folks, and if you haven't read last week's blog post, make sure that you do. Um, I want this, this episode to play a little bit on what we talked about last time, which was this idea of being a high achieving woman of color and um, also wanting to be married or, or be in a long-term relationship. And this idea of you know not maybe having that power to choose because of the fact that you are sort of high achieving or you do have tons of goals and um, society will tell you that you'll have to make a choice and that there's not really um, a balance. And so the article that I referenced last time talks about this idea of women um, being swans, which is an acronym for strong women achievers with no spouse. And that this is becoming sort of this like phenomena among women, but even more so for women of color because the selection for spouses um, is a little bit smaller. The pool is smaller. And so it talks about this idea of like, should we be less picky with um, seeking out romantic relationships or having marriage as a part of our um, idea of what, you know, that ideal life might look like. And so, of course, you know, a majority of women tend to seek partners who are ethnically similar or racially similar, um, have maybe a similar educational background and income, um, and are usually close to the same age. And so, of course, when you start putting all of these like kind of restrictions on what you're looking for, the concept of marriage may seem more far off because you've decided to become a woman who, you know, has an advanced degree or multiple degrees, um, maybe has a high profile and high paying job, um, and but yet you also want somebody who maybe is close in age to you who, you know, the guys sometimes don't always keep up with us and, and or they have different ways in which that their their career trajectories may take them. And so um, it's always just very interesting and sort of thinking about how limited the pool maybe can seem. Um, but I love that that article kind of pointed out that, you know, there are definitely pros and cons to thinking about this idea, but ultimately it's up to you to sort of decide what it is that you want for your life and to not restrict yourself to thinking about um, marriage or the potential for marriage to having to look a certain way or for your standards to be different because you've decided to pursue your dreams educationally. So definitely make sure you check out last week's um, blog post if you haven't, um, because I think it'll be important, um, particularly as we move into this week's podcast episode, because usually, you know, we always kind of refer to articles that have like very positive sort of um, tips or ideas, um, usually things that we definitely agree with and support. That's why we share it with y'all. But this week, I think what we're going to talk through is an article that I found that actually like you know, made me feel some sort of way uh, <laughs> um, in reading it. And I was kind of actually turned off about, by it. And so my thinking was that, well, if, you know, as somebody who's completed, you know, the doctoral process has what I would consider a dream job, maybe not my dream, dream job, but a dream job for sure that I enjoy. Um, I felt like this was like kind of misguiding if I had been my, you know, reading this maybe five years ago, I might feel very differently. And so um, I thought it was important to kind of share this, um, probably because I think Dr. Bell and I will have very different <laughs> ideas than the author of this article, um, but also just to offer some insight. So um, I have been 
in rooms, on panels, all kinds of things where I've had other students or even like some of my mentees say that like they feel like they have to choose. And I think that often puts them in sort of this like place of like hopelessness. And oftentimes they'll decide like maybe not to pursue that degree that they really, really want um, because they think that in order to have a relationship or to be able to be happy within their relationship that they have to choose one or the other. And I don't necessarily think I agree with that. So this article um, that I found is written by Eddie Cuffin, who in my mind I would think is a man, but you know, we'll know. Um, um, you know, Eddie could be gender. Maybe it's a pseudonym. That's what I was gonna say. It could be a pseudonym or Eddie, maybe gender neutral. I don't know. So, mm-hmm. um, but it was a 2013 article on EliteDaily.com, which is basically an article about like the workforce and like just different um, concepts around like entering the workforce. So, really good site, but definitely an interesting piece. Um, but it's an opinion piece, so I mean, you're free to write whatever you want, Eddie. Um, so the title is. The 10 reasons why you should invest in your career rather than a relationship. And so the author, who is someone in their 20s, um, talks about the fact that that time period is really a pivotal point when it comes to sort of setting up their life in a way that, you know, supports their future, being able to put in the work now so that they can be successful later, um, and sort of, you know, just this idea that maybe a lot of times people take their 20s for granted. I can get behind all of that totally get that um i think where the where it takes a little turn is when they start talking about relationships and thinking about um the fact that in that time period that you as in your as someone in their 20s may not be able to manage their own needs and so how could they possibly manage the needs of um someone else by being in a relationship and so um ultimately the author sort of comes to the terms that like relationships kind of keep them from really being able to be successful and the fact that they're like time consuming or can be a little bit draining because of energy and sort of the sacrifice that comes with being in a relationship um you know they they just think that you could do without them and instead a career being able to just sort of see something maybe more tangible um that you can put your efforts into which i too when i share some of the things that they offer i think they haven't thought through a little bit because the career like we've talked about here on the podcast and in the blog isn't always the best you know uh resource or source of um happiness for everybody sometimes there are things about you know working and we've talked about everything from hair to complicated co-workers to everything um that that doesn't always work out and so just being able to recognize that it's, it's much bigger than that. So I'm going to offer, uh, in the article, they talk about 10 tips, but um, I want to at least just share a few of them. I'm not going to share all of them because some of the ones that I totally didn't agree with, I just didn't even think were worth giving airtime to. You can, you, can, you can totally check out the article. I'll make sure that it's in our show notes if you want to just go see it. Um, but yeah, I just, I didn't even do it. So you won't even hear all 10. You're just going to get a couple of them. So The first tip um, or the first reason that they gave for like why you should invest in your career rather than in a relationship is that a career will be there in five years and your relationship won't. So um, basically the author was saying that, you know, relationships in, in this particular generation or time that we live in don't last. And so, um, 
basically saying like, don't waste your time trying to put in work into something that will not work out for you. Well, in my mind, and maybe this is also me being a counselor and having sort of this like pervasive state of optimism, but if you already go into a relationship thinking that it's going to end, more than likely it will. Um, The same way if you go into a job, assuming that, you know, already knowing that maybe this isn't your dream job or maybe you, um, you know, aren't really looking forward to going there every day. Well, that too will also end. And so um, their, their thought is that, you know, if you're building this sort of solid foundation to a career that it's going to last the rest of your life, um, whereas people may come and go. Um, I don't know that to be true with careers. I think people change careers midlife all the time. I think people find other passions to add to their careers that they already have. Um, so I just... I mean, and research mm-hmm. shows that most millennials don't even stay at a career past two years. So, right. Um, you know, definitely not five, not even millennials. Um, some in other generations, baby boomers, generation X, whatever, um, they normally, that's just a, a job market trend exactly. in general these days is that people don't stay in careers past two years now because there are so many options and there's not a sense of needing to be loyal mm-hmm. to one company to versus one company. Um, fulfilling, you know, whatever dreams or fulfilling whatever career values that you have personally. So I don't know about that in general. Exactly. I I agree. You're, you're not going to know about any of these. Um, so. <laughs> I know. I already read them. <laughs> I know. So I, I just, you know. Um, so, I, you know, again, something to chew on, those of you that are listening. Um, another reason that they give is that careers will make you money and your relationship will only waste it. So this concept was sort of this idea that like relationships tend to be a financial burden because there are a lot of money costs, you know, going out on dates, um, spending time with one another, just making an effort to be there um, costs. And so the, the author thinks that like maybe this is a waste of money and time when, you know, if you're putting all your efforts into your career, then you're only making money um, versus being out, I guess, with your significant other. Um, and so their thought is that you have plenty of time to do that after you've become successful. And I think so then for me, my thoughts in, in reading that particular reason was that how can anybody guarantee when that moment of success right. will come? I think we create those type of moments. Um, and we talked last time, you know, we talked during the last episode, episode nine, about like, when success tastes stressful and this idea that there are going to be challenges and there are going to be things that happen. Um, and usually that's what really pushes us almost further to get it done and to be successful and to do what we need to do. And so again, I don't necessarily think that a relationship, um, is a waste of money. If you are invested in the relationship, if it's what you want at that time, I, I just think that you are able to have both now, you know, don't be foolish. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to also challenge this idea that you have to spend a ton of money to impress a significant other, to mm-hmm. be involved or engage with a significant other. Like, I remember when I first got on Twitter in 2009, um, and there was this topic, this trending topic that always came up about $200 dates. <laughs> it's so funny because it still comes up sometimes. But the idea that, like, if your first few dates or whatever aren't $200 dates, then you're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. And I just 
I don't, I mean, I've been with my husband for, um, we've been together for 10 years, basically, mm-hmm. and we've been married for two, and I mean, I don't know if we've ever went on a 200, if we have, it was like for an anniversary or something like that, yeah. like that's not necessarily a common thing, and in fact, I feel like our finances have gotten much better, and we've mm-hmm. been able to build more, mm-hmm. um, because clearly we have double income, but also we hold each other accountable and we're both on the same page financially. So I don't understand that in a sense that your career will, will like make you, you know, lose money or lose wealth. I mean, before I was married, I used to buy shoes all the time because I had nobody to tell me, Hey, you, um, (laughs) you've gotten a lot of shoes this week. (laughs) Like, I, you know, I didn't have to worry about my packages coming in. Like, it was me by my, you know, living in my own, mm-hmm. you know. And now it's like, oh, I can't, you know. If I got a package coming to the to the house every couple of days, my husband's going to be side-eyeing me. Like, yeah. what you doing? <laughs> you know, so I can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. I, I, I just can't. Um, and we're on our, our personal journey to financial freedom, uh, f- you know, for our household, for our, our marriage and our family. So, I mean, that's someone else to hold me accountable, and I do the same for him. So I disagree with that. I mean, you can. Um, this It definitely can get to that place where, you know, you're spending a lot of money, but you don't have to. There, Like, you can go on cheap dates, free dates. Like, it's not really about how much money you can spend. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and so for me, as somebody, like, not married yet, but, you know, dating or whatever, I think for me it is important that that person has some level of like like financial responsibility so what is not fiscally responsible is to spend two hundred dollars for us to go have a dinner and then you know the next week you don't have gas or you don't (laughs) you know or you can't go get you know something that you need urgently like that day because you done spent $200 on some food that, you know, easily we could have just as great of a meal at my favorite cheesecake bistro for like, you know, (laughs) for like way less. And so it's just this idea of like, I, I think as a successful woman and as a woman who has an advanced degree, like I am the, the least of my worries is about your ability to, support me financially instead to be able to be a contributor particularly if that relationship is going to be long term um to you know financial stability as a couple not like how much you can spend to try to impress me because more than likely for any of our like ebony's listening who are either already in their careers and have found success or working towards them you don't need this partner for anything so it's this idea of like Yes, having their own, but also knowing that, like, it's not a necessity for you to be able to lavishly spend for a date. Um, I'd rather see that happen for things like, you know, special occasions. Yes, absolutely. Like, let the Lord use you. But be able to find, you know, balance, I think, about it. I don't I don't think that that's the that that a relationship is like costing you money or that it has to cost you money. No, indeed. Yeah. No, indeed. Yeah. So another reason they give is um, a title change in your career is actually a good thing. 
So basically, it's sort of this concept of like title change as in a job change versus title change as in like a last name or the letters MRS or whatever in front of your name. And so um, basically, the author says that like there's only two reasons why you should ever change the title in a relationship is to say like you're either getting married or you're getting divorced. And obviously, like um, their thoughts is that marriage itself is basically like a death sentence because it doesn't come with any additional perks to like, you know, changing your name or or that sort of thing. And like being able to then compare that to getting like a title change on the job can come with added benefits like a company car or a bonus. And like, I think that's great. But um, to really think that a relationship couldn't compare, you know, not necessarily saying it would, it beats that, but like, the fact that they're saying like, oh, that's nothing compared to this. Uh, I don't want to say no, that I agree with that either, particularly if you're somebody who, you know, you feel like you are called to be married. Like, that's just, mm-hmm. I think that, that that doesn't make any sense either to sort of think that, you know, that would be a bad thing um, and getting that quote unquote title change, which is what, you know, they're like playing on words saying, you know, marriage is, is changing the title because you're changing your name. I think that that like... I don't know. I think it, it kind of has to align with, like, your personal values um, mm-hmm. as a person. Um, I don't know, because, like, personally, and I, I will talk about this in a minute, um, marriage was not necessarily the goal for me mm-hmm. um, ever. It's just not something I thought about. Mm-hmm. Like, when I thought of, like, career, like, not even career goals, just goals like at a very early age because I saw my dad get a PhD at a very early age. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's not one thing. You know, I want that. Like, yeah. so that was, those like career goals and like being like a doctor mm-hmm. like was a goal for me. But when I met my husband, I was like, oh, well, no, like I want to marry you. You know, not that I was just necessarily itching per se to get married at that time, but right it developed into what it did because, you know, he's an upstanding man. So, um, I knew I didn't want to be his girlfriend forever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, <laughs> those are my own personal values. So that title change, quote unquote, which I don't even, I never even looked at it like that, but it's more so like, I want to spend my life with this person. Yeah. Um, it was way more important to me than, uh, first of all, we work in education. There are no company cards. Like, <laughs> number one, are, right? Number there one, there are no company cards, and we don't get. I mean, I get a, a little something bonus, but like, generally, in education, you're not getting you're a bonus. not gonna get a bonus, barely getting a raise, like, right. correct, <laughs> correct. So, that's not even you know applicable to my field. Now, it may be for some of you other Ebony's out there listening, um, but there's nothing monetary that could ever replace the joy that my husband brings me so yeah um and things do there are perks to come with that that title change um like community property (laughs) (laughs) the the legality of it all i mean he can't just go off and do what he want to do like we married so yeah you know it's it's a different legally that's why it's that's why it's a a a legal legal um, binding contract yeah yeah exactly um, it's by the contract, it's the covenant. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like one of the things that I think about when I read this too was like a lot of the 
couples that I might see in therapy, like in private practice. And a lot of times when they're going through issues, their concern is always of like, you know, well, this person's supposed to complete me or they're supposed to be my better half. And I think people have this, this, you know, misperception of what a relationship really is and sort of this idea that it has to be um, two incomplete people coming together to form a marriage right. where in actuality you really should be two whole people and so I think that's where people sort of mess up and not understanding that um, if you are interested in a long term relationship or in marriage like you have to feel a sense of completeness or wholeness whole in yourself person. right, to do that. And so if your career oh. is part of that, then absolutely go for that. But that doesn't mean you have to put off being in a relationship. I think, you know, for me, once I knew that I wanted to get a PhD, I knew that for me getting married before finishing that was not going to happen. And not because of circumstances but like being able to recognize that wasn't something I wanted to do I didn't want to be like you know the married or mother in graduate school I want I'm a person that I have a type a personality so I want to be able to like focus on what I'm focused on at that time so I can invest all of myself into it and not for the sake of again sacrificing what I may want in the long run but being able to know well if this is my priority right now I can't be all of what you should be if you do decide to enter that legal binding covenant um you know in a in a way that is also um appropriate or suitable to being what a partner should be in a marriage and so like that is that's just a critical piece so i just think being able to think about that is also important and why you know i don't agree with that thought either yeah i think like like i said earlier i think it has to go back to like your personal like values because I know like a lot of people well I'm not gonna say a lot because that's not true but I know people who you know were um in my degree program who were already married Mm -hmm. and had already had kids and I mean it's hard without having that but those people like I I just like 100% like applaud them Mm -hmm. um and admire them because that's hard and they knew they still in a sense, wanted a title change as well. You know right, what I mean? Right. So maybe from MRS to, you know, DR. Right. Um, so, and I think, you know, I know we're going to talk about this, but I think you, you can, you know, have it all, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can have both titles. You can have the title of mother. You mm-hmm. can have the title of, of missus. You can have the title of uh, whatever, I don't homemaker, whatever that you want and still, you know, be successful, um, academically or in your career. Mm -hmm. I agree. I definitely think like you can have both and, you know, don't feel, don't have to feel like changing of a name or a title takes away any part of you. um, Right. No matter what that change is. So I definitely uh, don't agree with that one. Uh, so, <laughs> so two more, and then we're going to chat a little bit more. But so um, second to last one, the reason that they give is your career has limitless potential while your partner's days are limited. Well, I mean, if this isn't the most pessimistic thing right. like ever. So bitter. Um, so it's basically they're thinking these concepts of like, 
you know, there are no boundaries to your career, which I don't always agree with because we've talked about some of the barriers that can come up in careers. And that's not saying that you let them stop you, but there are definitely pit stops sometimes on the career journey um, that create boundaries for you or where you do have to end up making that career change. So like they kind of, you know, talk about the fact that there's always going to be a place for upward mobility if you just keep working hard. Well, similarly, in a relationship and, again, thinking about long-term relationships, if that's the goal for someone, there is always, too, the potential for that relationship to continue to get better and better. That's how most marriages and long-term relationships last as long as they do. There is this sort of idea of being able to always know that there is more um, when you've you've entered the right relationship, obviously, and, like, knowing that... um, you get into it what you put into it as well. And so they the, they and the authors thinks that um, you can only do that with career. Like whatever you put into that, you will always get a return. Um, whereas they sort of see ex, uh, an expiration date always on a relationship when I think that's also too is just not true. And, and again, just very pessimistic about being able to balance and have it all. I don't even know what to say about that. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, like it says, like, while your, you know, your partner's days are limited, but in a sense, like, aren't our days limited? Right. Well? Or, or your days at a job also. Um, yeah. I, I'm kind of baffled. Like, <laughs> I mean, you get out of anything. What you put in it, whether it be career, mm-hmm. whether it be relationship, whether it be um, parenting, whether it be a hobby, a arts and crafts, a side job, whatever, mm-hmm. um, you're literally gonna get out what you put in. Like that, that applies or that's applicable to anything. So if you go in it thinking that, oh, well, that works for everything except my relationship, like you're doomed. <laughs> from the start I mean mm-hmm. we're working with just as you're working with like people probably in your career like you're working with a human a human being in your relationship like you have to be able to relate um, on on a human level to a person and yeah. you know you have to be able to be flexible and you have to be able to adapt and those are the that's what allows a relationship to grow so you have to put in the work you have to change you have to want it to be dynamic um i don't think that you're what like i don't even know (laughs) (laughs) i agree i mean i just don't think that there are um there's any way to to sort of justify this idea of like your partner's days being limited and your career days not being limited i just i don't agree with that um which actually, I mean, kind of fits in with the last one, too. So this idea that um, loyalty isn't an issue with your career that because you never have to worry about your career cheating on you. Well, That's a lot. I, I was just going to say, well, <laughs> I think all of y'all who are listening knows from just the things that we have been able to even talk about to even get to 10 episodes um, to be able to recognize that, like, and this is not good grammar, but these jobs ain't loyal. And so being able to recognize that you can come as, you know, the most educated, well-equipped, skilled individual to a job. And that doesn't mean that that job won't shift and change on you or disappear on you or, 
Um, it becomes a, you know, a hostile environment. Like all of those things are also about loyalty to a place and recognizing that loyalty is determined by an individual, not even by a work setting. It's the people that are in that work setting, um, that maybe make a career a good one or make it not so great. And so, um, because of, I guess, again, the person who wrote this article thinking that loyalty is sort of this like big thing generationally right now saying that, you know, there's so much temptation out there when it comes to sort of dating and relationships that it's easier to just trust in uh, the loyalty that a career provides when, again, in actuality, I don't think you can do that. And, and they point out this idea that like with a career, you never have to worry about um, it leaving you for somebody younger, faster, stronger, richer, whatever. But I don't think that's true. I think that I've actually jobs hand. will do that. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I have, we've seen I have that. Literally seen it firsthand. Yeah, I've been a part of a work culture where someone was there for a decade, and then someone came in fresh out of school, not as many certifications, not as many licenses, not as many degrees, and get the managerial position. Yeah, over someone who had been there, or people who had been there for a decade or more, and mm-hmm. not only where I work, but I know you as well so um that's definitely a falsehood right because i've seen it happen quite a bit um quite a bit yeah in the workplace yeah i i agree i think that um we've definitely seen that and like i said loyalty is relative because it is more about the people um maybe in those roles who have the power to sort of determine how loyal a job can be to you or a career can be yeah. to you. And also just thinking about like our economy in the market, like there right. are just things that change and that has, that's out of our control. And so because of that, you might find instability in your certain right. career field. Um, right. And that's nothing you can do about that. So right. the same right. way, you know, and I don't even know if you should compare that to like somebody cheating in a like relationship. A relationship. Yeah, yeah. I just think that's, just not intelligent so reach. right reach. like you really stretching it so um you know i mean definitely some some reasons that maybe from this person's perspective as somebody maybe a little bit younger in their 20s thinking about what it could look like um maybe has them a little worried but i think for me i'm more worried that they don't have a little bit more optimism about being able to have both again i think this is more of the concept of like work-life balance which i don't think we've talked about in in a holistic way on the show yet we've referenced it of course but i think just this idea that people are very much interested in achieving that when i don't necessarily know that work-life balance itself is achievable because at some point you will have to choose you have to decide okay my work day is done i'm headed home so home is what my focus is that's actually what work-life balance should look like um and i just think people kind of forget that so i think it's, it's more so like you have to learn how to compartmentalize yeah um and you have to you know when you are have a family or you go home and, or even if you don't yeah and you just need self-care like you need to be able to de-stress yep. um in whatever way that works for you have to learn how to compartmentalize okay i did this at work um this is this is for work mm-hmm. and sometimes the two will um be fluid and one will bleed into the other um because you know we can't control circumstances but for the most part i think to keep your sanity you have to 
be able to compartmentalize um, and not let the two blur too right. much because that's where you get stressed and that's where you get burnt out. Yeah, I agree. Or that's where you're unproductive yeah. at work too. Your family life or home life is bleeding into work life. Into work life, right. So definitely if you're interested in reading that very pessimistic article you're more than welcome to um i did not cover all 10 of the reasons so you're more than welcome to go check out the others there were definitely more um that they listed but i think just wanting to point that out because of the fact that um you know when people are starting to try to think about maybe returning back to school or continuing on with school um, or they're wrapping up with maybe their doctoral or graduate experience and they're trying to job search and you may end up limiting sort of which may be your true calling or your true dream job because you feel like you can't have that and a happy relationship. And I just, I don't think that that's true. So, um, check that out but before we you know move on i do want us to talk a little bit of like just some of our thoughts about you know what are you know the benefits and costs the costs and benefits of being in a relationship during the doctoral process and dr bell you kind of talked a little bit you started talking about it but any other thoughts of like you know what is that like what what are the pros and cons kind of of that experience um well i think you know of course the the pros are you have somebody like you have somebody that's gonna root um, you on. Like I remember, you know, I don't know what it was for my my now husband. He was my he's my fiance then, or maybe not. Maybe he's just my boyfriend. I don't know. No, he's my fiance because <laughs> I was getting ready to uh, start writing my dissertation, and like mm-hmm. he knew I was gonna have to pull all nighter. So like he bought me a Keurig and bought me some coffee and was like, I know this is gonna come in handy. So just someone who was like thoughtful and supportive mm-hmm. in my corner that was very. Um, that was, you know, very touching to me. And, you know, just one of the ways that he let me know that he supported me. Um, he would let me vent to him. He would let me cry. Um, he would encourage me. And he would um, always, you know, help me to keep my eyes on the prize and help me to... I'm a visual person and I like to visualize. Um, so he would help me to visualize, like, myself walking across the stage or, you know, receiving the degree. Or, you know, he would call me doctor before I even, you know... Mm-hmm. receive my degree before I uh, defended um so just having somebody in your corner somebody who believes in you somebody who is excited to you know continue life with you as a, as you have a title change mm-hmm. um and I was having two title changes at the same time so um I think you know those are that's definitely um a pro mm-hmm. just just somebody who's there that you can you know depend on and count on and yeah he's there for emotional support yeah i definitely think like that's why it's called a partnership right it's it's knowing that two people who maybe are on two very different career paths or have chosen even you know different ways in which to go about making a life for themselves that does not mean that you can't support one another in the ways that are most beneficial to that person that maybe needs that support, which in this case is the, you know, maybe the person that is pursuing that advanced degree or, or more training or whatever it is. And like finding sort of the small ways because nobody can, as a partner, get in there and write that dissertation for you or be right. able to defend, you know, your proposal for you or, or pass your comps exams for you. But 
buying a Keurig is a great way to let them know like, hey, <laughs> I can't, you know, I, I can't do any of this for you, but I can make right. sure you stay up so that you can study, you know, or I'll make sure that, you know, you're like understanding of um, what are that I'm understanding of what we're maybe going through at this time while you're in this transitional phase and that, you know, I'm here to support you. And right. I think that that's important. I think being able to recognize that, you know, it, it isn't easy for somebody to do in the midst of trying to also feel like, you know, they're being supportive. They also know that, you know, they're going to lose time with that person right. a little bit right. during that phase. And so um, I know for sure for myself with my significant other, we had to be very intentional about like, okay, so this whole week through the weekend, I'm writing. So then let's plan for like, you know, one week from Tuesday or something to be movie night. I'm keeping the laptop closed. Um, you know, we're going to go to dinner whatever. Um, I just think you have to do that so that you don't have to, uh, feel like you're, you're losing out on the relationship or that you're losing the relationship while trying to advance yourself. And I think that's the fear that a lot of times people will sort of let take over yeah i think also like my husband would like give me pointers on like because like he's an excellent public speaker and i don't really like public speaking i do it but i don't like it and mm-hmm. it's just i'm just never gonna just be totally excited yeah and geeked when i have to speak in front of people that's <laughs> never gonna be me um you know but god strengthens me but he's really good at it so <laughs> You know, I would practice in front of him and he would give me pointers and like when I was getting ready to defend, you know, me, you and him sat in the room mm-hmm. um, and I went over my I, my dissertation with both of y'all um, and he was able to, you know, be that, be one of the people that I could practice in front of. And I think I practiced in front of him like even before we, us three were in the room together um, and he would give me like you need to slow down breathe, yada yada like, mm-hmm. so like that was just somebody again that it was good to like bounce off um ideas and you know get feedback from and i would talk to because my dissertation was about african-american males so clearly you know that uh you know i guess aligned with him he's african-american male right um so he would get excited about the things that i would tell him about it he would say you know what that is true or you know i can agree with that or think mm-hmm. about it like this so um definitely even though like he's He's in the engineering field, and I don't know anything about that. He tells me <laughs> stuff, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, like, I support you, but I have no idea what you're talking about. You're, you're speaking, like, another language to me. Right. But um, still, he was able to, you know, kind of meet me where I was, and, you know, we were able to talk about some things pertaining to my dissertation. And again, like, I was able to, you know, get feedback from him and all of that. Um, so, you know that's another pro is that someone you know he was someone that i that i you know who gave me advice and helped me out during the process yeah intellectually yeah and i mean i think we kind of in some ways talked about even what some of the costs are with thinking about losing time and you know you just it's it's an adjustment particularly to like your whole sort of dynamic, you know, of like what you're used to doing, your routine as usual changes for a little bit. And um, that can definitely cause strain, you know, within a relationship. And 
um, and create like specific challenges and, you know, being able to realize. And even I just talked about like, you know, recognizing you date night might have to change or, you know, balancing the fact that you both have your own schedules when it comes to work and when it comes to the extra things that you have, you know, when dinner gets made and like all these different things. Um, it just, it changes a little bit. So, um, I know we kind of hit on those, but any other specific challenges or things that come to mind that you can remember from our experience? Challenges, definitely. Um, like you said, you know, not being able to spend as much time. And for me personally, um, my husband, when he graduated from LSU, he moved to another state. So Mm -hmm. at first, I mean, I was in Louisiana, so he moved to Tennessee at first. Um, we were just dating at this point. Um, he was there for two years, so um, he moved, and then I started my graduate program a year after. wasn't even a full year. He graduated in December. I started my doctoral program in the following uh, fall, mm-hmm. summer actually, the following summer. Um, so that was rough uh, yeah. because we hadn't, you know, since beginning our relationship, we had always been in the same city. Um, so, you know, my time was limited on, you know, when I could go out to see him, when I could drive the six hours, five and a half hours to see him. Um, and then he moved, let's see, he moved two years later um, to Texas, which was closer, you know, to Louisiana, but still. Um, we went from having a long distance relationship to a long distance engagement. Um, so that was even more difficult because at mm-hmm. that point I knew, okay, we're getting married. I have to find somewhere to work when I moved out there. Um, I don't really have time to do that. And then you want to be next, you want to be close to your fiance, right? Cause you're taking a, a, a huge step towards your future. And, um, that was difficult because we were always together you know, around each other in college and stuff. So it was just, it was an adjustment. Um, It it was an adjustment. And then getting, being engaged while, you know, going through the doctoral process and planning a wedding. I know I've spoken about that, you know, before, but doing those sorts of things and, you know, having, you know, not having him there every day to talk about this and that. So I would have to schedule my time as to when I could plan the wedding or when I could ask him, hey, what do you think about this or what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Or even like our whole engagement had to be planned around when he was coming in town, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know how y'all did that. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, clearly it worked out. But, mm-hmm. I mean, just not, um, I guess, not having that person you know, there being in a long distance relationship while all that's going on and not physically having that person's presence there. So like I said, I'm bidding and I'm doing these things, but you know, it's over the phone, you know, for the most part. I mean, I would see him like frequently over the weekends, but Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be every weekend. So right. Cause you were writing um, and all kinds of, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or I'm with Lakeitha. You're like, dang, you see Lakeitha more? You see me? I know. I mean, it is what I know. But he was cool about it. He was cool about it. He was. Um, but, <laughs> That's why he's my favorite I, person to this exactly. day. Exactly. <laughs> he used to make little, sl- little sly comments, mm, but no, he, he really was, was cool about he it. Was um, and he was very supportive about it. But just those things were hard. And we did that my whole doctoral process. Um, I didn't I didn't even get married until I finished. Yeah. So yeah. that was a good three years that I was not, we were not living in the same state. Um, so, yeah. That definitely uh, 
was was very hard. Yeah. Um, but again, I knew that it was temporary. Right. So I knew that I, you know, and the my my motto is the tassel is worth the hassle. Mm-hmm. So um, I knew that, you know, these two shall pass, mm-hmm. um, as the scripture says, and and that we were gonna make it through. It was temporary, and I was, you know, we will delay gratification right now in order to you know set up some of our future goals Um, and it was worth it you know it's temporary but it was you know the payoff was I knew the payoff was going to be you know greater than the temporary quote-unquote pain of now so um yeah there was there were definitely some some costs involved uh, especially as it relates to to my relationship um some people, you know, long distance relationships don't last and they don't yeah. um, have longevity. But I feel like when you're with the right person and you're with someone who's um, who makes your goals um, their goals mm-hmm. and who makes um, what's important to you just as important to them and wants to see you succeed as much as they want to succeed themselves and understand that your success is their success. Um, it's going to work every time. So. Um, I think that, again, this is temporary delayed gratification. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's probably the biggest challenge overall is just this idea that, yeah, it's delayed, um, but that doesn't mean it's denied, you know, and it doesn't mean that um, it, it cannot be possible afterwards to pick up you know where you left off or even that you had to put it down it just looks different it's just making adjustments and um it can be very very difficult and but also it is very gratifying to be just like you mentioned earlier like supported by someone who's willing to sort of walk with you through that in spite of maybe not understanding all the parts that go along with what you have to do and understanding why you have to spend so much time working on this paper that they think is just a paper but it's much bigger than that um and and they may not always get it but being able to appreciate that and then be able to celebrate you afterwards um is an amazing feeling and 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 again totally worth balancing it all in the midst of it um to get to that end and what it feels like on that that day both your defense your graduation day all those days to get to celebrate that with them um, is a pretty big deal. So I know for me, yeah. same thing. I, I that was exciting day to be done and mm-hmm. um get to share that with somebody who like maybe didn't have to write a page of what you had to defend, but understood right. that it took a lot of effort to get those hundreds of pages together to make it happen. Right, and my it's funny because my husband asked me, um, he was like. Oh. Am I gonna like? He was like, "Can Dr. Mitchell give me a, like a diploma too?" Because I feel like I earned yeah. it. <laughs> I was like, "If you don't go sit down somewhere," but no, like I picked my defense date um, for his birthday. Like mm-hmm. that was his birthday. Yep, I um, remember and that. He came down, and that was like a gift that I wanted to be able to give him to say, "Okay, you know, I'm finished." Mm-hmm. Number one, um, but also like I couldn't have done this without you. So like yeah. that was my birthday gift um, to him that year um so like you said being able to celebrate now that you know we finished this wasn't in vain we were Mm -hmm. able to do this together um it's a beautiful thing so yeah i agree i agree um and i think just the other piece of it like you know now that 
and we kind of talked about it like not a you're done it, it can look very different and this idea of you know being able to recognize though you will then have not the same type of um, challenge and balancing but now you're done and you go into like your career you go into this thing that you work right. for and there still are going to be you know challenges yes. and late nights yes. and um, yes. unscheduled things and like you yes. know it it almost the dissertation process or the, the, the doctoral process sets you up for that a little bit um, because yeah the pressure may not look like you spending the whole night at the library or having to spend the night watching the sun go down and come back up but that might mean getting up a little bit earlier and so not having breakfast together or you know not being able to spend the weekend typically doing what you would do because maybe you have to go in an extra day because of something going on and so um it doesn't necessarily go back to this just like perfect world where you know you both only work from nine to five and at five o'clock you get off and you head home and you guys have dinner and you watch tv and then you go to bed and you do it all over um, it just doesn't look like that. I mean, even now, like I'm in the back recording and my, like I have to close the door. My husband knows, like I tell him I'm recording today. So he knows I can't, I'm not accessible Yeah. for a couple of hours. Um, so he pins for himself or does whatever he does. I don't know what he does <laughs> while, while I'm recording. Um, I hear, you know, bumps and everything, um, hear him bumping around. But mm-hmm. I mean, even now, like he knows or like. You know, when we go to conferences and things like that, or we mm-hmm. need to have a brainstorming session. Like he he understands that because he was there. You know, while I was going through the doctoral process, so it really doesn't. Um, I mean, the goal, I guess, is different, quote yeah. unquote, per se, because I moved past the doctoral process. Um, but he knows who he married, so he knows like I, I'm always going to be doing something. Right. Um, that's probably partly why he married me because you know I, I do it's stuff. who you are yeah because i do because i do stuff right i mean and I, I think that and you know even from like the single lady perspective like i think if uh-huh. you have a significant other who again is just very supportive of you doing your own thing um they also recognize that like until there's a change in you being a single lady like you still gonna be doing what you gotta do like you know and so recognizing that there is a different level of like commitment and understanding and flexibility that comes with um you know the long-term sort of permanent part of a relationship versus saying like yeah we in a long-term relationship however um my career is a big part of me and so being able to then figure out how do you maintain that I think is is important too and and um being able to like you know be transparent and honest about that from both sides even with what they may have going on in their career and be able to have those type of conversations before you do decide to enter into that long-term permanent relationship it's like being able to you almost have a a a picture or at least some sort of like pre-image of what it will be like to join you know two lives together when you kind of see what the two careers are that you both have once you both are settled into it and that's one of the things that like I do have an appreciation for um right now in my life is being able to sort of recognize like okay like I know what it feels like and I also have continued to sort of have an appreciation for walking into my house that is just my house and like right. you know it being quiet and you know and being able yeah. to like just have those moments but also knowing that you know if 
for me, marriage is something that I want, that that will change. And so just giving yourself um, that sort of level of like appreciation of, you know, you can be in a relationship, but also knowing that there are, there are still more changes to come. I think people just assume that you get through these sort of hurdles around the academic side and like, okay, that's the biggest, toughest thing that I've been through. And yeah, it is one of the toughest things you'll ever go through, but there are always going to be transitions because life comes with different phases and new things and um, being able to be ready for that and be honest about how you feel about it is important too. And I think also like, you know, for women who are already married or who already have families, I think you definitely have to do you know what's best for you like you don't have to leave your significant other whatever right right please don't not. please don't go around saying <laughs> dr pool and dr bell said i need to leave you today cause... no like that's not it no, no i know like you know my mom waited until we all got out of school mm-hmm. like she waited until my sister well i was already out my older sister was out but my little sister she waited till she got out of high school because she wanted to make sure she was there you know, for her through yeah. that time. Um, and then when she, you know, finished high school, she was like, okay, well, you know, it's my time. Or people who have younger or smaller kids, if your work schedule doesn't work with your spouse's work schedule, mm-hmm. then you have to figure out how you're going to do that. That means you have to wait a little while or you have to wait a few years until your kid gets in daycare, gets out of daycare, or your husband um, job shifts transitioned or yeah. whatever, whatever that looks like. Um, you have to do what's best for your for your household and, and, and not to think that your journey has to look like um, my journey or Dr. Poole's journey or anybody else's journey yeah. um, because you want to make sure that you have a solid foundation before you, as much as you can, it's still going to get tested. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctor process is still going to test it. Like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're single, if you're married, if you're dead, whatever. Yeah. You're still going to be tested regardless. But if you can, like, you want to try to be especially if you have a family to be as stable as you can. And, and the way that you do that is communicating with your spouse and saying, this is what, you know, what, you know, I want to do. And hopefully you can kind of hear, you know, through our podcast and blog, some of the expectations mm-hmm. that you'll have going through a doctoral process, just to, and that's the whole point of Ebony's and Iris is to, you know, to demystify the process. That's yeah. what we want to do. So, um, being able to hear, you know, tidbits and stories that we tell, hopefully, is helping to demystify the process if you're not really familiar with it, to know, hey, well, this is something I'm going to have to look forward to. And even, like, planning, um, you know, writing or, mm-hmm. you know, me and you, we were we were single, so, to you know, we, we could pull all-nighters. We didn't have mm-hmm. kids, but, like, you can't really do that if you have kids. No. So, like, you have to can't do that so you can't be writing at 12 o'clock in the morning at the library when you got kids like that's just not feasible that's Um, like child labor i mean not child labor (laughs) that's like neglect like child endangerment yeah (laughs) yes you can't do that so um then like you know i guess having you know making sure that your journey is adaptive to 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 you and i've seen it done i've seen it done with people who have kids people who are married people who have infants it can be done um you you choose the journey like you choose how you want your journey to look but it can be done though yeah it's it's absolutely possible totally possible and I, i do hope that 
you guys picked that up, even though it was out of disdain for my uh, for this article that I found that you know your boy was bitter. Okay, yeah, it was your just, boy was you know, really giving me bitter undertones. Real um, petty, Paul. Like for real, real. yeah, real petty, Paul. Um, um, so my hope is that it's helpful. I think you know gives you something to think about. Obviously, as always, we want y'all to comment and let us know what you think um so feel free to do that on the website or even on our social media let us know um and hopefully any ebony's that are listening you know now you feel at least a little bit more encouraged or motivated to you know get in there and do what you got to do academically but also to know it is totally okay to want to have somebody by your side either you know during that process or after um and that you can definitely balance and 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 handle both right absolutely so that brings us to the end of this week's topic so we're gonna take a quick break right there and we'll be right back Ebony's, we are back for the second half of the Ebony's and the Ivory podcast. And so we're ready to kick off our signature segment. And first up, as always, is our culture corner. Um, and this week, we got some, you know, I mean, this is a pretty big company to be mm-hmm. talking about this week. Um, and so if any of you all are readers of the Journal of Blacks in Higher Education, you may have saw this article. It also was, I think, somewhere on like when Google first loads and news stories pop up, it showed up, I think, last week, very briefly, but it was there. Um, talking about Google's partnership with seven HBCUs for um, this tech exchange program that they're creating. And so it's pretty exciting because it will provide students with computer science internships at Google headquarters in California. And so obviously this is a huge deal, particularly for HBCU students, because oftentimes they either don't have those opportunities based in the cities where many of these schools are for students to be able to get um, adequate internships to gain great experience. But also, I mean, it's Google, like... I mean, it's Google. like, what are you supposed to say to that anyway? You can't say no regardless. So right. um, it's pretty exciting that these seven schools um, will get this opportunity. And those seven schools are Howard University, FAMU, um, Morgan State University, Prairie View, A&M, North Carolina A&T, Dilla University, shout out to my mom's alma mater, and Spelman, <laughs> um, Spelman College. So I think that this is like amazing because uh-huh. you know just the fact that they're going to be able to like take courses learn about different machinery product management um just really be able to get like a hands-on experience that is unlike any others obviously knowing that google's one of the most successful companies in the world um and so just being able to really get that hands-on experience as an undergraduate student is pretty amazing so I think, you know, shout out to them for sure for being able to do that um, because that's an experience that's like once in a lifetime. You know, I really appreciate Google's like, like making good on their diversity initiative um, and just, just being real. Like mm-hmm. Google is real. Yeah. Um, 
my sister is a, a Google small business advisor. Um, but even just like as big as Google is, like making sure that they um, connect and engage, quote unquote, with the little people, um, I think is amazing. So um, understanding, you know, how to um, be equitable in dispensing resources, uh, I think it's great. Yeah. Especially partnering with HBCUs who often um, go overlooked mm-hmm. sometimes, but have a wealth of students who, you know, are, are highly capable yeah. of changing the world. So I, I appreciate you Google, yeah. for doing that. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. Super excited for those students. Um, even thinking about the potential for, you know, their, for jobs there afterwards, right. like after graduation. Right. So this is just the beginning of an internship. And imagine just being able to have that on your resume. Um, right. It's pretty it's amazing. Like changing generations and yeah. family trees. I love that. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty, pretty awesome. So shout out to Google for sure for um, partnering to do that because, again, it's pretty amazing. So that's why... Google is my search engine of choice. Of um, choice. I can't, do any, I can't use anything else. Nothing else. I am um, a Google Scholar. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> so um, we've come to our last segment of the day, which for the first time in 10 episodes, we do not have an Ebony's in the spotlight to highlight. I know. So I'm sad crazy. about that. But part of that means that we need you all to make sure that you are sending in your accomplishments, sending in your your friends, your colleagues. If you are a guy out there that's listening to Ebony's and Ivory, send in your girl stuff. What are you doing? Right. Um, so, or your bestie. Or, or your bestie, whoever. <laughs> um, you know, make sure that we know uh, what's going on as far as your accomplishments. And we say this every week, but no accomplishment is too small. Too so small. if it's a job change, if you um you know have just gotten accepted into your graduate program if you are working towards finishing up something if you finish the chapter of your dissertation let us know um you know we want to be able to sort of celebrate that with you and and highlight um these major major accomplishments that might feel very small but they are really huge steps in you getting through this journey and so we don't ever want to neglect um making that seem important and, and shouting you out so please make sure you do like, that I'm sorry to cut you off Dr. Um, Dr. Poole there were many like small milestones during my process that like were small to others were big to me like yeah. when I finished my proposed plan and study when I finished my coursework when I turned in my IRB application when it was like complete yeah, um, that was a big deal yeah. like for me when I when I finished my, my um, proposal or even like my dissertation presentation on my my defense proposal or whatever that was like or finish my paperwork like those were big deals to me um so we if nobody else understands that we understand that um, yeah yeah so we definitely would love to hear your stories and provide encouragement and to keep acknowledging the great things um that you ladies are doing yeah so make sure you send those in to us uh, again i think huge accomplishment that we've gone this many episodes with people to highlight however Mm -hmm. we want to keep it going we want to be able to celebrate this um 
permanently. I think, you know, people always want to celebrate the end, but there are so many things along the journey and we want to be able to put that in. Yep. While they can smell them. So, um, being able to make sure that we do that is a goal. So submit your Ebony's in the spotlight, especially because we only have two episodes to go. So, um, we don't want to wait until season two to have to shout out your people. They'll be in a whole nother life stage by then. Right. (laughs) I also want to provide a follow up. Um, for our Ebony in the Spotlight last week, um, Jute Ma. Yeah. Um, I said that, you know, she was gearing up to defend, and I already knew that she was going to pass. And of course, she passed. And not only did she pass, not only did she pass, but her chair told her that it was one of the best um, general exam defenses that she had ever witnessed. Oh, wow. So, big ups, big shout out to my girl Jute. Yeah, Jute. Cause I know she was like super nervous, but like she's phenomenal. Like she doesn't even know how great she is. Um, especially when it comes, like I said, to like college access. She's been a school counselor. Um, she currently works um, for the state as it relates to making sure that all students in Louisiana um, have access to college and that college knowledge that is so valuable and so important to students. Um, so I am, of course, not surprised that she had a great. A great dissertation defense um and of course you passed so congratulations um formally congratulations on passing your journals you are now a doctoral candidate yeah that is awesome um and she's gearing up and getting ready to um defend her proposal by the end of the year and then she'll be graduating next year which is exciting exciting so um again congratulations Jute. congrats girl so that is amazing um well we've reached the end of episode 10 wow double digits we made it and y'all made made it it. y'all made it with us um i almost started saying i can't believe we made it i know that's what i was thankful right i thought the same thing too i wasn't gonna say it but you said it for both of us i know so i'm excited that we made it this far um we are excited about everything that we have coming up. I know that we say that to y'all every week, but we really do have some really good things ahead and mm-hmm. cannot wait to get going. Um, but we also know, you know, we got to finish some business for this season. And so um, we hope that you, like we said at the start of the show, are catching up on old blog posts, all old podcast episodes so that you'll be all caught up through the mm-hmm. end of the year so that when we come back at the start of the year, um, you'll be ready to go and be along for the ride again along with us. So uh, make sure that, as always, you look out for what's next next week on um, EITI Tuesdays, um, which will be another blog post, um, the last one of the month of October. Um, and as always, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe through all of our social media platforms on our website. Um, communicate with us there. And like we mentioned, make sure you submit your fellow EITI accomplishments for the spotlight. So make sure that you send us what you guys have going on or what is going on in the lives of those around you. And we thank you as always for tuning in. Bye everybody. Bye.